you very much, Ralph. Uh, I don't know how many old Ralph is a, a, one of our elders here in our church, and uh, I don't know who are other elders. If you're an elder in the church, can you stand? We didn't talk about this, but will you stand, please? I know there's here, Trace, good, Shannon, Adam, Ralph, and Byron. I don't think Bob's here today. Shireen, fantastic. So these are your elders. Um, if you need to talk to them about something, maybe about me, go to them. All right? They'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Hey, we have a few things we want to share with you as a church that are happening here that we want you to be aware of. So we'll flash up the first one because there we go. Coolest night of the year. We participate in this. This is something the community does. Uh, Canadian Mental Health is raising funds for our youth in our community who are, who are houseless. They're surfing from bed to bed, couch to couch. They want to provide a safe place for them to, to go and, and hang out. So we're participating in that. If you want to know more information, Butch is back here and his lovely wife somewhere, Wilma. Just give a, they've got a table out front here. If you want to participate in that, please talk to them and find out more information. Secondly is volunteering. We have uh, joined the kitchen team. Uh, I can tell you, if you don't want to join the kitchen team, you can join the uh, clean, make our make our building beautiful team, uh, usher team, uh, working with kids team. Uh, what else do we have, Alana? Something for everybody. What we're saying is, is that as we've gotten back into the groove of coming to church, now we need to get back into the groove of serving in the church in some of these areas, and we're lacking in all areas. We can use people, help, and we're wanting you with your passion, your desire, what God is calling you to. We just ask, would you consider being part um, we had a great team in here yesterday helping with a, a funeral. I know Kim, Kim was there, and it was a, it was a long one. Um, but I uh, sure appreciate people that can give of their time. So if, if that's something you go, you know, I was volunteering, but I'm not, and maybe I want to volunteer in some other area, come and talk to myself, Alana, um, other areas, other people. Uh, you'll hear about Gordon a little bit later. The third um, one that we're going to talk about, I'm going to show you a video, and then as that is playing, I'm going to ask Tracy to come up, and she's going to talk to you, share with you how you could be involved in this. I want to play the video of an opportunity coming up for you to get involved with. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good. Good. <laughs> um, so what are your names? I'm Taylor. I'm Tom. My name is Rodney. And my name is Bijou. My name is Rina. I am Mark. And how long have you been married? 20 years. Four and some pocket change years. Two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> what were your expectations before attending? As far as what I thought about the conference itself, I was like, well, I, I think we're going to learn some stuff. I didn't have any expectation. We're just on a vacation without kids. I didn't want to go. Uh, Mark had to convince me. Can you? then describe your experience with the conference. I love the hotel, I love everything, but the conference was really that one thing of substance for our marriage. It wasn't too much, you know, and it was easy to share and, and talk about the material and the topics that they presented there. They create time for you to just focus on each other. That was a really yeah, special thing. Yeah, the weekend getaway provides new tools, new prompts, new exercises that we could use long term. I really did enjoy myself. Yeah, I changed my mind. What's one word you would use to describe your weekend getaway experience? I feel very enlightened. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, 
how to respect your partner and uh, how to uh, be true to yourself. Well, for me, that's perfect. Anything you invest in your marriage comes back tenfold into your into your life. Well, it, it did it, it did help us a lot. We're different, but we're on the same journey. Brought a sense of relief because when we left, I was having some personal challenges and issues that was so hard on me. But um, we got there, the environment, the atmosphere, the people, especially the main speakers. You know, they were fun, they were exciting. And they made us just to be open. I would say it's food for the soul. I felt actually refreshed uh, after the conference. The outcome of the, the weekend getaway allowed us to understand each other better. You know that you're together with 200 other people or 100 other couples and all of you just wants to have a better relationship. All of you went there hoping and praying that you all come out as better husbands and wives for each other. And uh, that I think is amazing. Okay, I just have one last question. Would you recommend the weekend getaway to others? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Full <laughs> <laughs> the vacation with the purpose. Thank you. Great. So, Tracy, why am I inviting you up here to uh, talk about family life? Because a month before COVID hit, uh, 18 couples from this church went to family life. And Mike and I, it was our first marriage conference in 32 years of marriage that we'd ever attended. And you found it to be? Oh, it was, uh, it was wonderful. Okay. It, um, we went with, we didn't want to go. <laughs> But we didn't want to be left out because some of our friends were going. And so we thought, well, if they're going, we're going. Because we don't want them to learn more than us. Like <laughs> Competition. Great. <laughs> there was a bit of competition and, you know, that fear of missing out. And mm -hmm. I know, I asked him to wear his red shoes. And I was supposed to wear something nice, but I, I'm living in a trailer. Which comes to a point that is very important for this morning. Is that... We've been living in our travel trailer since July 30th. We're building a house, and I kid you not, if we had not gone to the marriage conference, we would not be married. Or you, you, you know, have two, like, I mean, you you have two trailers. Laugh. Like, no, we have one trailer, <laughs> and it's only 25 feet long. And uh, um, it's been amazing living in the trailer. So this marriage conference is going to be... It is, February, 12th to 4th. Okay, look at I need, I only have 30 seconds and I'm past my time. February 10th to 12th at the Emprints. So, if you can't afford it, there are scholarships available because we had a big fundraiser for Jay and Greta. Jay and Greta are here somewhere, right there. If they stand up, they're going to be at the thing at the back, yep. outside after the service to talk to people. Um, so, there is some um, scholarships available. If you can't afford the hotel, we do live on the island, so it's great because they could drive home. But, and also, if you don't like talking to other people, you don't have to. The conference is really set up. It's, it really felt like Mike and I were alone in the room a lot of times as we went through it. And it's just there was stuff that, um, you know, we thought we were doing really well, and we were. But we're doing so much better. And so I just recommend it. I highly recommend it. Grab some friends and, and go and and uh, be blessed. Thank you very much. So if you want more information, talk to Tracy, talk to uh, Jay and Greta. I don't know. Is, yeah, so there are other people that went. Uh, please uh, 
take part. It'd be great. I'm going to invite Alana up as well as one of our staff to come, Gordon, and I think the two of you have a few things you want to share with us. I know it does, doesn't it? Oh, and we have one more person too. I think it'll be explained though. Yeah, Corin brought a friend. This will all make sense in a moment. Um, if you don't know me, my name's Alana. I am one of the pastors here. Just before I'm going to introduce Gordon, I just want to say, you guys, this morning has been beautiful. And I was standing at the back during um, the music because we were worshiping the song. And acoustically speaking, I should not be able to hear you all from the back of the room. But just worship team, thank you for leading us in that. And church, thank you for going on the journey because it was just so beautiful to hear your voices just raised and to see your hands raised and standing and surrender and worship. It was just beautiful. Loved it. So thank you. I have with me here this morning, Gordon Brown. Uh, we've been doing this... Um, no, it's a thumbs up, Ryder. We like Gordon. And um, Ryder Cron. Um, Gordon, why don't you explain Ryder first before we talk about what we're doing? Um, Ryder is my best friend, and we work together in the church. Uh, he helps me with vacuuming, and he helps sort chairs, and we drink coffee together. So his, <laughs> his favorite drink is not espresso. It is more steamed milk with marshmallows on top um, and that's how he gets paid as well that's so. right so we pay our volunteers in steamed milk and hot chocolates if Ryder can do it I think we all can so we've been doing this thing um, during our community stories we're um, trying to introduce our staff to you as well as we go along and so we're making our way through um, I know one of the questions I get asked a lot is what does everybody do all day well to be honest, most of them are part-time, so they're doing as much as they can in a very short amount of time, and Gordon is one of our part-timers. You are our uh, facilities manager. Yes. So what does that mean? What do you do with your time? Uh, the, the main part of my job really is sort of keeping the staff on their toes and making them think about what I'm going to say next. Um, <laughs> But the, I suppose what I'm employed to do is to make sure the heating's on. So if it's not, that's my fault. Um, that the chairs are set out in a way that we can use them and that the rooms are available and everything's clean and ready to go for any groups that we have in. Um, I guess the grounds, any maintenance in the building, any preventative maintenance... Uh, dealing with any other trades that we have to get in. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot to it, really. It is a lot. There's a lot of cleaning. Um, and we do have a very uh, busy building during the week, and Gordon manages all those bookings, takes care of the details with those that are coming in to use the building uh, in between all of, all of his other things. Um, what's your favorite part about your job? The people. Yeah, definitely the, the people that I get to meet every day working alongside the staff who are just fantastic and really supportive, um, but all the people that come into the building and getting a chance to, to speak to them and find out a bit about their background is, is my favourite part. Good. Speaking of backgrounds, I was going to ask you, how did you and your family come to be at New Life it, in a nutshell? <laughs> it's a big story. It is a big story. Um, 
basically we came here on sabbatical six years ago and we, not we, Morag, had done a bit of research before we came and found um, new life and decided that was where we were going to go as a family. Um, we came in through the door and we were met by Pastor Ken and he invited us to lunch at his house and since then sort of claws have been dug deeper into us and uh, held us here. Um, we were here for six months. We went home to Scotland, uh, having decided to move to Duncan. Um, we hadn't sorted immigration. We did have a house. Uh, and then we, we sort of moved four years past in August to, to here. And this is, was the obvious place for us to come. Thanks. And so you've been on staff just over a year. I think we celebrated, well, we didn't celebrate. We should have, but I think November, De December was when <laughs> your one year anniversary. Um, what, or how do you see God at work in the day-to-day -day things? I think facilities manager, people think, well, it's just, you know, you're busy, you're doing work, but it's, it's off to the side of maybe the spiritual side, but it's really not. So how do you see God at work? Just absolutely everywhere and everything that I do um, just seeing how he's at work and pulling people together and making everyone work as one for his good. Really, that's the, the main thing. Yeah. Thanks. Um, last question. What is something God's been teaching you or challenging you with lately? He's been teaching me patience. I, I don't have much patience, um, but he, he has been teaching me that since we moved to Canada. Um, nothing has been what we thought it would be and everything has changed. If four and a half years ago you had told me I was going to be working in a church, I would have laughed. Um, if I was to speak to some of my friends back in Scotland and tell them I was working in a church, they would laugh. Um, so, so nothing has been what we thought it was going to be. Uh, so patience would definitely be the one thing. That's great. Um, okay, don't look, because I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions. Um, one of the things I like best about Gordon, he said this at the front, he keeps us on our toes. You never quite know what he's going to say, and he has a great sense of humor. So this is the scariest part for me here. <laughs> no, it'll be good. Um, just five rapid-fire questions to get to know you. So, hiking or swimming? Both. Tea or coffee? Oh, it depends. <laughs> so tea first thing in the morning, always a cup of tea, yeah. and then it depends after that what okay. mood I'm in. If riders here, you have coffee. Yeah. Good. Morning or night? Night. Okay. Would you rather read a book or watch the movie? Read a book. Okay. Last one is travel by boat or by plane? Travel by plane to go in a boat. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> well, thank you, Gordon. Um, as Scott talked about ways you can serve, Gordon is always looking for help to keep the building and the grounds um, clean and tidy. It is not a one-man job. So if there's any way you can jump into a few things, please come and find him and talk to him, and he will happily give you work. Thanks, Gordon. You know, one of the things that, uh, as Gordon says, the people are important to him. Uh, I can tell you that they, they are. We have, we have the Cowichan's tribes comes to cook 
meals here, and when they come on a Friday, they, all, they also offer us to come and sit with them and, and eat with them. And Gordon is the one who will do that more than any of us. And as he sits with them, he gets to learn about them. And he said last, last time that he was sitting with them, he didn't tell you this, but last time he was sitting with them, as they were sitting there and the conversation was kind of slowing down, then one of the, one of the gals there talks about a family member who had just recently committed suicide. And he's able to sit and talk. Um, so here's this, this maintenance guy having these conversations with our community. Uh, he truly does have a servant's heart and a heart to minister. Well, church, we are on a journey together. And I don't, you can see I don't have a door up here if you came expecting another brilliant illustration. Uh, I don't have it for you today. If you missed it, then you'll have to go back and watch it online. But we talked last week about coming to the Lord and coming to him uh, and of Ashley. Oh, before I forget. I've been asking for a word of the year, and if you have a word of the year and you put it into some kind of artistic form to share it with us, and so Wendy Hill, this is hers, that she gave me, and it's uh, beginnings in Philippians 1.6. That was her verse, that was her word for the year, so kind of a, a neat way. If you have been doing this, if you have your word of the year and you want to be creative and send it in, please do so. As I said, if I get enough of them, I'll put it together in a a montage of a video and we'll kind of see them, but it's kind of a a neat way. Just trying to encourage you to pick a word for the year. If you weren't here for that message, again, you can go online and and, uh, pick that up. I think it was about two weeks ago. So last week we talked about come. We get this invitation that Jesus says, come to me. And, and I, I mentioned that coming to him is coming to him really as we are, not trying to hide. We can't hide anything from him. Uh, impossible. He's God. He knows everything. And so why would we want to? Well, because really what we're doing is we're hiding from ourselves and we're hiding from the truth. But God calls us to come to him and we can come to him um, with anything and everything. We can come with him in the tough times and the times of praise. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to go back to those verses, and I want to walk ourselves through all of the verses, because we, will, we started in verse 25. And I want to walk through all the verses, and how can this apply to us a little bit more, a little bit deeper? How can we bring these, this part of who we are to, to the Lord And as the question has been asked, how do we not pick them back up and just simply walk back in our life with them? How do we actually set them down and not pick them up? And and that's what I want to look at today and and walk through. So let's look at Matthew 11, 25, starting in verse 25, and we'll read through these verses. So if you have your Bibles, take them out, take a look at them, read through with me. If not, I have it up here for you. So let's look at these verses. Verse 25, at this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such as your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, by my Father. 
And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I do enjoy music. Um, I wish I was musical. I've tried. I've tried to uh, play the drums. I appreciate people like John and Chris and, and others who play the drums. I've tried to play the guitar. Um, I just realized that I can't chew gum and walk at the same time. That's my problem. And so I've given up on that. But, but I haven't given up on music. And I, I love music. And, and I, I, I love a good song. And what I want to do is I want to go back and I want to look at verses 25, 26, and 27 because it's really the music, it's the music that comes before the come to me. And understanding that first part is so important because it sets us up. It sets us up to actually come to him. So we'll walk our way through these verses and we get this first part where it says, and at this time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father. So recognize the first thing is that that this is a prayer. And if you've read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll realize that there's very few times that we actually have Jesus praying. John 17, we, we, if you read John, through John 17, you'll, you'll see Jesus is not just, he's praying for his disciples, but he's praying for us. And then you you, uh, you also find the Garden of Gethsemane where, where, where Jesus is praying to the Father and we have this, this one here. And he, so he says, I thank you, Lord, heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. I don't know about you, but when I read this, I've got some questions. Do you? Like, you're thanking the Father for hiding these things. So what are these things? These things are the truths of who he is. Revealing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Savior, that he is the Messiah that has been prophesied. And, and if you go back to the verses before then, you see that Jesus is saying, listen, you cities of Jerusalem, some not good things are going to happen to you because I came and I revealed myself and you rejected me. You did not receive me, but you rejected me. And when he comes to this part and he says these things have been hidden, he's talking about the things of who he is. And we think, why? Why would, I mean, if I told you as a church, listen, hide your faith. Don't let people know about Jesus. What would you do? You go talk to the elders. Like, what is he saying here? Like, that is not truth. That is not scripture. But it, it, it seems that that's what we're we're we have happening here. But I want to take a look. I want us to look at this. Come on. I didn't stop that long. Maybe I'm pressing the wrong button. There we go. I was pressing the wrong button. It had nothing to do with anybody. Wise and understanding. This to me is a big key. He says, I, you've hidden these things from the wise and the understanding. Who are they? Well, when Jesus went into any city in Jerusalem, 
any city in Jerusalem. He went into the synagogues and he taught there. He goes into these cities and if we read before then, he does healing and he does teaching. And what happens is, is that he's rejected. Not so much by the people, but he's rejected by the religious leaders who are wise and have understanding. And I, I see this and I read that these people were proud. They were proud people. I know the scriptures. I know what it says. And you're not the Messiah. I think it's speaks to our hearts and how we are interacting with God as I apply it to today. Because I will find myself not knowing or not understanding God, and when I stop and I look, my heart isn't in a place to receive him. I can't receive what I'm not willing to accept. And so he hasn't revealed these things to the proud the people that say, I know, and I got it. Now, it's easy to look back, and it's easy to go, yeah, those Pharisees, those, those, those religious leaders, I mean, yeah, they didn't get it at all. <laughs> but I think we do need to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, am I willing to receive from God anything he wants to do in my life? Am I willing to listen to him? So he goes on and he says, I've revealed them to little children. And if I was going to do a direct translation to this, I would tell you that it, it actually would be best to say, I have revealed them to babes, babies. Anybody have a baby here? Who has a baby? Raise your hand if you have a baby. Yeah, be proud. Babies are great. They're wonderful. You bring them home and you got to do everything for them. You got to feed them, you got to dress them, you got to change them, you got to look after them. Those of you that have big kids, you're thinking, I still do that. <laughs> they do grow up. But it's, it's interesting that he says he's revealed it to babes. Those that are in such need, they need help. We need to be babes. We need to say, I need you, Jesus. I need you, God, in my life. It's a dependence on him. And so he says, Father, for such was your gracious will. I want to put another verse to this because I think that James 4, 6 brings it to light where it says, but he gives more grace, he, he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. The Father, for such was your gracious will. His will is, is that those who will humble themselves can receive what he wants to give. But those who are too proud cannot receive. The next part, Verse 27, and he says, all have been, all, all, all things have been handed over to me by my father. And no one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son. And anyone this, to whom the son chooses to reveal him. 
This is about authority here, folks. This is about authority. And it, it will make sense when he comes and he calls us. So we have the part where, where we need to find ourselves humbled before him as babes saying, I need you, Jesus. And therefore, he, we can receive what he wants to reveal. But we need to know that he has all authority. All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to him. This speaks that how can we know the Father? Who knows the Father but the Son? And who knows the Son but the Father? They are one. And so he comes and he calls with authority, come to me. Come to me with authority, not as an authoritarian, but one who has the right to give you what he says he will give you. I will give you rest. <laughs> I will give you rest. I will give you a, a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. Who can do that? If I said to any one of you, hey, come here. I'll give you rest. You'll say, oh, you're going to send me off to Mexico? Okay, I'm in. No, I'll give you rest in life. You know, Peter, wouldn't it be great if I could say to you, hey, I'll give you rest, Peter. Come to me, I'll give you rest. You'd probably go, yeah, probably not. You know, you might be a good guy, but I don't think you can actually give me the rest that I need. So how can we trust when Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest? Because he's God. He's God. So this verse speaks of his authority. And he has the right to call whom he will call to receive what he wants to give. So it brings us to this verse. Do you, see the, do you see the song that comes before? The beauty that comes before? The poetry comes before? And then he comes and then he says, come, come to me. If you feel heavy and burdened, if you are weary, come to me and I will give you rest. So as we look at this, I want to look at three different words in these verses here. And we'll try to make our way through not too laborsome, all right? First is rest. I want to look at rest. Twice he uses the word rest. And if you will look in there, it's one where he says, I will give you rest. And the second one, as you will find rest. I will give you rest and you will find rest. The first one, where it says, I will give you rest, a great way to translate that is, let me see if I can remember. Um, shoot, it was right there. And then it just slipped my mind. It'll come to me. Um, oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, think of me what you want. <laughs> I know, you're old, right? No. Okay. Um, and you guess what's going on? No, no, it's there. <laughs> I will rest you. Isn't that beautiful? When you look at that, come to me and I will rest you. It's what he does for us. He will rest us. No one can rest you, but God can. 
It's also another word that in, in the, when they're translating the first five books of, of the Old Testament, the, as they translate those, the Septuagint, it's in there that they use the, from Hebrew to Greek, they use this word, this Greek word, to describe the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle. And so in many ways he's saying, I will tabernacle you. I will rest you. I will tabernacle. You will be with me. And then he says, you will find rest for your souls. You will, you will come and you will tabernacle with me. And when you tabernacle with me, when you dwell with me, when you rest with me, you can sit down and go, I'm with God. Even in the midst of all of this, I am with you because God, you are with me. And he's the only one that has the authority to call us to come and truly rest. It's way more than a vacation. It's every day. The next I want to look at is yoke. To take my yoke upon you. And then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he calls us to take his yoke upon him. You know, to come to him as a babe, to come to him and to rest, we must surrender our, our control of our lives over to him. To come to him, we must receive his yoke. So let me give you a picture of a yoke. I think it'd be good. You probably know this, but let me give you a picture. There's a picture of a yoke. That's what it looks like to yoke. Doesn't that, does that seem like that's rest to you? But to be yoked is to be put together. And if you have the picture, he says, take my yoke. He's saying, come, come and be with me, be like me. Because when you are yoked with something, and in this, there's going to be a dominant of being yoked. One of those animals is going to be the dominant. They're, no, they're both not equally submissive. One is going to play the dominant role. And think of yourself, Jesus on one side and you are on the other. And you are yoked to him. So what do you think is going to happen when you take his yoke? When he goes this way, guess where you're going to go? When he goes that way, guess where you're going to go? When he lays down, guess what? I mean, if you try, it's going to not work. When he chooses to eat, guess what you're going to do? He chooses to move, guess what you're going to do? So he says, take my yoke. And he says, my yoke is easy. Here's what I want to propose to you today. You can say, oh, I don't want that. I'm not going to do that. That's going to be too hard. This is what I know. If you're not yoked to Jesus, then what are you going to be yoked to? Because you're not going to be yoked to nothing. Okay? You're not going to simply go, nope, I'm not yoked to anything. I'm free. Not a, no, it doesn't work that way, people. It's not that way at all. You may think it's that way, but it's not. If we're not yoked to Jesus, we're going to be yoked to the things of this world. You wonder why you get yanked around? You don't want to go that way, but you get yanked around because you're yoked to the world. Because what you're consuming is more of the world than you are of Christ. Now, that may sound harsh. You may sound, come on, Scott. But do you see that as I do this, 
I could point a finger at you, but I'd have six pointing back to me. I get it. I understand it because I'm there sometimes. But he's, he's calling us and he says, come be yoked with me. Be yoked with me. So to be yoked is to be under his control, not my control. I'm willing to receive his yoke. I'm willing to be under his control. I'm willing to surrender my will. And the last word I want to use is learn. Learn. Learn from me. To learn from him is to practice him, is to engage with him, is to move with him, is to learn from him. That's how I will become like him, is I will learn. And so learning is, is, is picking up one of these things and saying, pride. I got an issue with pride. And I need to learn how not to live with my pride. So how do I not pick up and just walk out that door with that pride again? It's a process. Learning is a process. That's why you're sitting here today. Some of you are so thankful that you're not doing any more schooling. And some of you wish you were done with your schooling. But I can tell you that if you want to be somebody who is a follower of Jesus, you will always be learning. You'll always be learning. So, uh, let me share with you a little bit of my journey. I don't want to do this, all right? But, again, I feel that it's important that as I share my journey, that you know that I'm journeying with you. I am not above you. I have not arrived at any place. Some of you are further along than I am. And this, this was this morning, okay? This is my writing from this morning. And that word right up there, pride, is something that God is knocking on my door. I spent time with a fellow that I just met. And I was sharing a little bit of my journey. And he looked at me and he says, I can tell, Scott, that God has brought you along a long ways. And he said to me, but I think you still have a thread of pride in you. And you need to ask Jesus what it is. And I thought, really? I just met you and you're telling me this? <laughs> All right. So coming to this verse here, let me just... Read. I put the first thing is come. And I said, Holy Spirit, what, I am, what am I hiding from you in my life? What am I not willing to set before you today and say, here it is, come Holy Spirit, come. Rest. I am willing, Holy Spirit, to rest in you. I bring my pride, I bring my envy, I bring my need to control to you. I surrender my heart in these areas because I'm hanging on to them in my life. I surrender again my need to control, my destiny, my future. 
It is my desire. It is my desire that I want to be important. And I realize that my worth can only come from you. Receive, accept. I receive, Lord. I accept your yoke, Jesus. I accept what you want to give me. I accept where you have me. I accept, Lord, your willingness to use me any way you want to. Learn. I don't simply want to surrender or give up. I want to grow. I want to change. I want to be more like you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach me, show me more of you. Teach me to be more like Jesus. I want to learn. I want to have a learning heart. Find. Show me a verse today, Lord. Holy Spirit, show me a verse for my situation. And then he gave me a verse. How do I not walk out of that room without picking up my pride? It's a process. I've set that pride down already. I don't know how many times in the last four or five months. And I've picked it up and I've put it back in my backpack. But I do believe that every time I've picked it up, I've left something behind. And I'll keep doing it again and again and again. And to hopefully one day I'll stand up here and tell you that that's not what I'm picking up. And God's going to say, well, Scott, you know, here, let's work on this one now. <laughs> and I want to because I want to be more like him. I want to be more like him. Okay. So as I have, oh, I want to sh share this with you. Um, this is, this is uh, uh, Campbell G. Cor G. Campbell Morgan, and he writes, he writes this verse this way. I think it's really good. Um, Come to me, and I will reveal the Father to you. Trust me, and find God. Accept me, and so find rest for my yoke. The yoke I wear is easy, my burden, and my burden. The burden I bear is light. Come to me, be identified with me, and let me become the window through which the light flashes and the door through which you pass to God. When you know me in this way, you will know the Father. I think that's so beautiful. So let me just run through uh, just the spiritual practice. I, I have this. It'll be up online. You can, you can grab it with a message or you can grab a sheet out there uh, with it. And so the first is to come. So come as a babe. Come not hiding yourself. You're dependent on God. Uh, rest. Rest is to surrender your will and your control to Jesus. So you're resting. You're resting like this. God, I want you to be in control. Receive, accept. Receive Jesus' yoke, his control. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is one thing in your life you need to surrender? Taking Jesus' yoke is a process. It isn't a magic bullet. It's a process. Next is find. Find a scripture that speaks about your situation. Write it down, post it, put it in your pocket, memorize it. Sometimes, you know what, we need help. Find a good counselor. 
Don't be embarrassed about it. I do. I've got, I've got a, a, a great uh, mentor, coach that I go to and I talk to. I've got other friends, and i got other good friends. So, my verse uh, is a verse that I've given for house churches to go over uh, this week. But since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's my verse for my pride. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to sit. This is a process, folks, but it's a beautiful process. Becoming more like Jesus. Nothing is better. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for these verses. Thank you, Jesus, that you call us to come. Oh, that we would come as babes. We would come in great need of you. Father, that we would accept as we surrender to you our control, our wills, our bodies, that we would find ourselves taking on what you want us to take on. For it is so much easier and so much lighter. Lord, that we are willing to learn from you, to receive from you, that we be transformed for your grace and your mercy. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.